Welcome back to another Travel Thursday. It's Travel Support Thursday. Travel Support Thursday. <laughs> it keeps getting better and better. Welcome back to Travel Support Thursday, where we answer your questions about travel every single Thursday. Everyone. Every single one. Thanks to everyone for leaving so many questions in our last week's episode and from weeks before. We want to make sure that we address as many as we possibly can. It's hard for us to address every single question that we get, but certainly feel free to leave your burning travel questions in the mm. comments below, yes. and we'll try to get to them every single Thursday. But it makes me really happy how many good questions that we get every single week. That makes me so excited. I love seeing all these great questions. we got so many good ones, and they kind of like cover all the different topics, which is exactly what this show's for. It's just like ask whatever's on your mind, even if it's like about us or it's about uh, award travel or it's about just how to think about things while you're traveling. Like or laundry. Just general <laughs> life questions or like if you ever want to talk about video games, I know a lot about that. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you're into. Whatever it you're is. Into, we support here, but mostly this is about trying to help you travel the world. Yeah. So as long as we're doing that, in some way, shape, or form, we're succeeding. And I think one of my favorite things about this podcast and this community is even if we don't have the answers, which a lot of times we may not, right. um, all of you do. And it brings up really honest and good conversation about travel adjacent things. Right. Okay, so on this Travel Thursday, we've got some really good questions mm. that I am reading off of this phone here. Sorry. Look at Lisa's cool case, Isn't though, so huh? Cute? Wow, look at this thing. 12 mini <laughs> iPhone. Really, thing. really hard to buy a phone, <laughs> an iPhone case for. The last iPhone 12 mini, and maybe also the first. They sold like 12 of these. Okay, anyway, we are off topic already. Whew, oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, so we got, we, got a, we got some really good questions today, some stuff I'm really excited to talk about. So first of all, we're going to talk about that thing that we said we were going to do when we hit $1,000 in revenue like forever ago. Oh. That promise that we made. And we're also going to talk about like internet while you're on the road. And I know that this is a topic that we've covered. I'm sure if you listen to all these, probably like half of our episodes, we cover this. But this one's a little different because this is specifically for people that are looking for Wi-Fi mm -hmm. um, and especially if you have to work while traveling. Oh, and then I've got so many thoughts about this. This is, uh, this is a topic that I could talk about forever, but please tell us out there if you're hearing this, you'll be like, again, with the, with the Aerolo and the Ubiggy and the VPNs and the, oh my God, just tell me how to fly around the world for free. And then our last question for the day is about like, how do you get back on the horse after you have a really bad travel experience? Mm. Or if, you know, if something happens in your last travels and you're like, eh, maybe that's not for me, but then you start looking again at the world and you're like, ah, maybe I should get back out there. I'm trying really, really hard to think about another metaphor or analogy getting on the horse again. But maybe by the end of this episode, I will come <laughs> up with one. Okay, so our first question comes from, oh, they're sad, they're sad, or it's the re-sad, or Teresa D. There's so many ways. <laughs> Let's go with Teresa D. Okay, <laughs> Teresa D3664 says, question for next Thursday, hopefully. Early on, I don't remember where you were or what you wanted to do, but I remember you saying when you make your first $1,000 on YouTube, you would come back and do it. Do you remember what that was and do you have plans to do it? Man, that was a long time that ago. That was. And <laughs> do you remember where time. it was? Actually, maybe like a year or a year and a half ago. It Definitely. feels like things have been changing for us, especially on like the business and content side of this thing so rapidly but let's just play that clip back roll the clip here so that way people know what we're talking about this area is a very popular cliff jumping skydiving area and right now there's about uh, i don't know 10 or so people in the air up there they're kind of hard to see they're pretty far away but 
I couldn't imagine a better place to go paragliding than right here. I just asked Josh if he would go paragliding and he said yeah. We just promised each other that the first time our YouTube channel makes us a thousand dollars in a month, we're going paragliding here. You have it on camera. Both of us looked at each other and we we're like, that, that looks, looks awesome. That looks so cool, but we absolutely cannot afford it. And we didn't even look up how mm. much it cost or what what it would cost, but we just had this feeling like someday we're mm. gonna have to come back to Switzerland and do this because it just seems so epic and so cool. And I remember asking you and you said, yeah, how about when we make our first thousand dollars per month, like a month, in a month mm. of YouTube, we'll do it. And I mean, yeah, that was years ago. And thank you for the reminder because I think it is, you know, one of those things we have to celebrate that yeah. we have hit that 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 milestone, luckily. And we have been able to sustain this for a couple of years now since then. And we absolutely want to go back and do yeah, that. Yeah, we've hit and grown past that milestone, which is great. I mean, we're not like that far past it, but we've hit and gone past it. So I think it's definitely time for us to go and do that. I, and I remember how we felt in that moment of both you and I looking at this awesome thing that not only did we know that we would love, yeah, it's and it's such a unique place to do it. Yeah. And then both of us just being like, well, oh, we'll never, we'll never be able to afford that. You yeah. Know, like the, yeah. that goal of a thousand dollars in a month on YouTube seemed so far away. I think seemed... even at that time, I feel like even at that time, I just like jokingly said to the camera, okay, you heard it here. We're going to go do that. Josh <laughs> promised. And at the time I didn't even believe it because we could probably go back and look, but I think we were probably making just i don't know five ten dollars maybe fifty almost Who knows? none almost none yeah. like at most five dollars a day yeah maybe ten dollars a day at that point in time. like it was as close to zero as you can get while yeah. still like being in the youtube partner program and i just remember thinking like yeah someday like 10 years from yeah. now we're gonna be able to do that when we make a thousand dollars a month we should absolutely put that in the calendar i do mm. think i mean going back to switzerland because we were only able to stay in interlochen for like three to four days that's what we budgeted it was for so expensive it was just really expensive we were staying in hostels eating you know grocery store food which was <laughs> awesome and doing as many free things as possible like hiking um but it was still really expensive so i would love to go back Maybe we should go back next summer. Yeah. Next time that we are anywhere close to there, we are going to do it. Yeah. That's a promise. And we're going to put that in the video. But I think the the biggest thing that I keep thinking about with this is just how far we've come from there. You know, like that was so many years ago and our content and like the stuff we were making was so different. Yeah. And our mindset about this entire thing was so different. We were making videos like every other day. We were nonstop filming for like months on end. I mean, we were filming every single day. Every single day for at yeah. least half, if not all of the day. And every other night we were just like cramming until two in the morning. But I remember that feeling slowly growing over time of like, is this stuff we're making like any good? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like it was just a different mindset back mm -hmm. then. I don't know that we were thinking this was like, I don't, I wasn't unhappy with our stuff. I wasn't unhappy about the quality of it. It was just it was just what we were doing. We were a lot more present, I think, back then. For sure. Because it wasn't really a business. It wasn't really something that we had decided we were going to like 
shoot the moon what's the phrase oh shoot for the moon shoot for the moon yeah shoot for the moon for everything was so theoretical at that point yeah. we're just like oh, i will like try to make some movies sometimes yeah. and i think now our thought process of this is very much movie first yeah like we go to singapore intentionally to make a movie of like the coolest stuff that we can possibly find that other people hopefully haven't done and on a budget and on a budget and yeah. there's like there's a whole format to it now and back then we were just like filming everything we we're just like a crappy knockoff karen name so yeah i just keep thinking back to like that moment in time and how far away that goal felt and mm -hmm. how like cool it is that now we're not only talking about it in a podcast that wasn't even like a dream we had at the moment, but now we've been <laughs> now yeah. we've made like 16 of them. And now we have this little YouTube thing that we do as our full-time jobs and how different our lives are, but also how kind of similar it is to back then. And like, it's, like been, we're a, still, it's been a while. We're still, still mega, mega budget, still, still cheap, right? <laughs> in our true. travels. I do remember like two years ago thinking... Yeah, well, we can't afford that. Yeah. And and even now... I think now, we said that like once a day. And I think even now, we still say things like that, obviously. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. I mean, I haven't even looked. I, I don't even remember looking how much paragliding... Can you look? Yeah, I'm just curious how much interlocking paragliding actually costs. Okay, so it's like $200 per person okay. to go and do this. That seems right now, worth which it is like, for you know, your life and yeah. being able to do that. Yeah, and it looks like they do <laughs> four flights for like $200. Oh. I don't know. That's, that's, like a, that's something at that time that would have been so far out of our price range. That would have yeah. been like a week of travel for yeah. us at that time. But now... now uh... Seems reasonable, which is mm -hmm. wild to think. Yeah. Well, yeah. not reasonable. We still wouldn't do it normally no. without this, you know, like without it being a celebratory thing for us. But yeah, I think it'll be super fun. I can't wait to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the next thing? What oh, are we talking okay. about? What are we? What are we talking about? Either way, as soon as we do it, it's going in this podcast. Or we do it. But thank you for remembering that. That's really cool. And thank you for reminding us of that. I think it's important to keep these like promises to yourself that Definitely. you make of like. When I hit X, I'm going to go do this really cool thing that I always dreamed of doing. And I think if you just forget about those, you just keep grinding without ever celebrating. So thank you for reminding us to like to do that every once in a while. So our next question comes from Brendan Gates, who asks, what do you all recommend when it comes to must-have travel network connectivity? Mm. I've got a trip coming up, and I know I'll need to remote in and take care of some work stuff stateside on one night. Chance it and hope hotel Wi-Fi will be sufficient. Sign up for a short-term eSIM tack on international coverage the usl plan we have talked a lot about like phone and data coverage but we mm. haven't really talked about the idea of like needing data or wi-fi to mm. work specifically while traveling and this yeah. is something that definitely comes up for us a lot yeah yeah because we are editing and uploading youtube videos as we go often oftentimes when we're traveling yeah and also we're taking calls with various like our accountant that we work mm -hmm. with and also some other brands that we've been talking to and also some like just we, general we just take business calls sometimes for this little business that we run relatively frequently and i think i think our setup now that we have is obviously way different than the one we had a couple years ago but I think it's been pretty rock solid for being able to join those zoom meetings that are on the other side of the yeah. planet i think our setup at least the way that i think about it for like the business and Zoom calls that sometimes we've got to do it like two in the morning or whatever because yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. on US time. I think our setup, I would still get the same thing everywhere that we go. Hmm. I would still do the same thing everywhere that we go. One, I would never really trust the hotel Wi-Fi to be good at any point in time because it's this big shared medium, mm -hmm. right? Like 
Uh, for example, at the hotel that we're at now, really fast Wi-Fi, asterisk. Sometimes it's super slow because there are lots of other people on it and they have like Netflix built into the TVs. So it just depends night, on the time and the and day. And, yeah. Yes, yeah. And it, it's too unpredictable to be able to trust for these things. So I think for those really important calls, I basically always trust those to cellular. Hmm. I'm basically, uh, yeah, almost always, almost always, unless I'm really, really sure that the Wi-Fi is going to be good for the entirety of the time that we're there. Yeah, I would say in like the last few years of traveling, we've explored a lot of different options. Like mm -hmm. we've we've definitely explored places that have the co-working spaces, right? Yep. And those cost anywhere from like $20 per day per person upwards to like $50 per day. And mm -hmm. the nice thing about those co-working spaces is they have private spaces available they have whiteboards for people that are really into whiteboarding. Um, they have your own little desks and setup, and oftentimes coffee, tea, um, and then solid, reliable Wi-Fi. I would say we've used those like maybe once or twice. In yeah, only the when last it's like really mission critical. Yeah, you know, which we've had a few of those, but not doesn't happen all the time. Or often. when we know we need like a solid full day of work, and we know we're going to be there all day. Mm -hmm. um, public libraries as it turns out in a lot of places have really reliable and good wi-fi always the fastest internet everywhere it's you go are public remarkable library. like yeah. we've we've used them when we're at port stops for cruises we've used them in inter other countries it's always been pretty good at public libraries mm -hmm. um and then we also do the cafe hopping so i think it largely just depends on what you need but i think in the last couple of years we've mostly just depended on hotel wi-fi and then having a backup of our cell plans yeah and i think it's important which cell phone plan you buy like if you need it mission critical the last thing that you want to do is to buy the international plan for whatever your cell phone carrier is at home that's it that's like the least mm -hmm. good option because it'll always be slower they always like ramp that stuff down to like 512k per second or like a megasecond which is not good enough to do even really a phone call, let alone a video mm -hmm. chat. So I think that the way that we think about it everywhere that we go, if it's like really important to make sure that it works is we'll buy a local SIM card from whatever the biggest providers like in Thailand, it's AIS. They have coverage basically everywhere. And you know, you're on like the top tier of their cell phone providers. And if you're in Japan, maybe get a Ubiggy eSIM, but I'd probably just buy whatever the local big tourist SIM card is. And that mm -hmm. way you're guaranteed to have not just good throughput, but good latency is in good round trip ping time. So that way it's not like, bah, 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 bah. and then it's like, so that way you don't talk and it's like super delayed for the other person. And that way the other person isn't delayed to you. Cause when you're on a zoom call, that just feels so yeah terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it feels awful. I think I would, I would always, I don't know. The hotel Wi-Fi is so unpredictable. I think if it really mattered, I would make sure that I had a tethering plan for my phone from a local SIM card. And then backup plan, you can't really go to cafes to take Zoom calls and they're not no. always open because sometimes you got to have them at like three in the morning. And then we also had to go. I mean, there are some cafes now that just limit how much time you can spend mm -hmm. there. So even then, it's not really that reliable either. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Also, a thing that I have loved recently is we bought this little travel router. It's this tiny little blue box that we bought for the cruise and what that does is that like takes the wi-fi out in the world and then replicates it for your own private little network and the reason that this is awesome is because some hotel rooms like the one we're in 
have the ability to plug in like a cable straight into their network. Mm -hmm. That way you know that you're always getting fast internet instead of over the shared Wi-Fi with everybody else. And you have your own little private Wi-Fi in your room just for you. So if you can plug in directly, then generally your experience on the hotel Wi-Fi is going to be really good. But if you're on Wi-Fi and you're in one of those hotels where they just like run a wireless repeater after a wireless repeater after another wireless repeater and you're on like the ninth floor and it's just all repeating all the way back down to the ground floor... Uh, do any one of those ones in the chain could go down and then your internet's hosed or it'll just be super slow getting back and forth. Yeah, for for example, when we went to New Zealand, we knew that we weren't going to be staying in hotels or campgrounds that had Wi-Fi or holiday parks that had Wi-Fi for the most part. So yeah. I think one of us, I think you bought an unlimited data plan, um, which I think actually was only about $60 yeah, 60 maybe bucks for, for the a whole, whole month. month. Yeah, and it was fast. It yeah, was really fast. which, you know, it is a little bit pricey, but it's it's it was it worked, and we knew that we weren't going to be able to access good, reliable Wi-Fi, especially while traveling on the road. Right. Um, but then, like, we're in places, like, when we're in Japan, for example, or a lot of countries in Southeast Asia, we know the hotel Wi-Fi is decent, but it can get, it can kick us off sometimes, so... We always have, both of us have some sort of backup where we have an eSIM or the local SIM card. For sure. But generally, like, only one of the two of us will mm -hmm. buy the expensive, fancy, unlimited plan. Yeah. And then, like, she'll tether her phone to my phone that's got the unlimited plan. Mm -hmm. And then we can share that. And then we also put the laptops on that <laughs> phone. That So everything's connecting back to that unlimited cell phone plan yeah. for, like... Most of the time, that's how we do it. I think um, the most like important lesson that we learned in purchasing SIM cards or eSIMs is to find, yeah, the right carrier, right? Like mm -hmm. the local eSIM or local SIM card will always, almost always be the most affordable and the most reliable and fastest. Um, we found that even though we love the convenience of Airlo and Ubigi, for example, in certain countries. For sure. Um, it's not always the fastest speeds. Yeah, so, like Aerolo here in Japan, for example, way too slow to be used for almost anything yeah. because there are so many other people using that same service and they're like the lowest tier of support here in Japan. So if you buy one of their like bigger carriers, then generally you will get yeah. much faster internet, which is what we've been experiencing. Here. So I would I would say like, yeah, before you go and buy like an Aerolo eSIM, because you had mentioned that, I would just... Figure out, yeah, for the country or the place that you're visiting, what is the most reliable local SIM there? So I think to kind of summarize the way that we think about this is that hotel Wi-Fi is too unreliable generally for us to use for really important like businessy calls. So yeah. whenever we need to do something that we actually like really, really needs to work right the first time, we'll always get like a local SIM card on whatever the fanciest carrier is in the country that we're in. Yeah. And then we'll get like the unlimited plan so that way you can tether your phone to your laptop and that's how we'll handle most of our like business critical calls, the really important stuff. And then for like second tier stuff of like checking email or like looking at stuff that people sent you or whatever, Wi -Fi hotel Wi-Fi or a coffee shop for that usually. The worst thing, I think the least good option is to buy the international plan for your cell phone carrier back at home. I think that is just a recipe for sadness. We've tried it. Lots of other people have tried it. It's expensive and it's slow as heck. Okay. 
What else do we got? What okay. else are we talking about? Uh, I don't know how many more internet-related questions there could possibly be, but if you got any more, send them on over. He's I, got lots of thoughts. <laughs> I, He's uh, got lots of thoughts. It's it's not going to make it into this video, but I spent 10 minutes in this podcast explaining how like wireless access point repeating works. And I had to say, what is an access point and why, why are <laughs> and we talking and about why, the light on our ceilings? And why it's such a bad practice for hotels and why it leads to hotels with such crappy Wi-Fi, but all that oh, stuff. Oh, what are your what are your thoughts? I guess what a, should we talk about VPNs? No, for no. that purpose. No, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of VPN. Okay. I would say if the call is important and it's video, using a VPN will make your experience less good. I would recommend mm -hmm. people not to VPN back unless you absolutely have to for a video call because it'll increase that round trip time between you and sending your stuff and it getting back to you by so much that the words you say will come across disconnected from Even the video more. of you saying it on the other side <laughs> we've had many of conversations about the way internet and data works if you're interested you can ask us yeah i used to and build Josh will talk about it in a previous I... life i built these large networks for many businesses as well as other like internet carriers so this is something that i love talking about but nobody likes listening to <laughs> so if you want to hear more about this I love you travel wide area network support uh it'll be great <laughs> Okay, so this next one from Lovers Get Lost is a great question, and I think it so closely mirrors the experience that we had. And probably for a lot of you, too, like when yeah. your plans just don't go to plan after <laughs> after so much planning. Yes. They said, similar to us, they quit their jobs and packed up their entire lives to travel for 18 months in February 2020. <sighs> nice. Of course, um, you know what happened then. We didn't really have any options other than to abandon our travel plans. We haven't taken that extended trip. And their question is, how do you get to the point of being comfortable of making such a huge decision again when, yeah, it didn't go at all to plan last time? Right. Because like probably by now, if you haven't taken that trip, you've like started another job and like yeah. bought some more Ikea furniture and like moved into an apartment. And you kind of like built back up to the place that you were before you were going to leave. And it's so hard because I do remember yeah. when we... I mean, we completely understand this feeling in 2020. We, we, we gave our two weeks notice in February 2020. We went to a wedding right. in England, came back home for our last week of work and realized we couldn't even go back into the office for work and say goodbye because everything was shutting down. And then we had we got rid of our apartment. We had nowhere to go. We drove all the way to your parents in Wisconsin and we were just... We were lost. Lost. <laughs> lost. And it was and it was hard. Just, like you said, yeah. I mean, it was hard because you just, you kind of like are waiting to see what's going to happen. And, but you don't know whether to like move on with your life, which it sounds like maybe you guys have, um, or commit to this big decision that you like spent so long planning for. Yeah. And I think for a while for us, it felt like we were like, cursed like it was personal you know mm. <laughs> like the world was like doing it to us yeah. on purpose and we're like oh when we're... obviously it was everybody <laughs> that was affected but right. like yeah you definitely feel this like personal like thing it felt like we it felt like we did all the right things to open up this chunk of our lives and it felt like we like passed all the tests and sold all the things and saved up all the money and that i don't know it, it was hard to get past this idea that it was like 
personal and that like we were cursed in some mm-hmm. way that that no matter what we tried this was going to happen again that yeah. something else was going to get in our way or something because it was such a big change for us like it was a really it was a tough time and i'm sure it sounds like it was a really hard time for you as well and i totally get that where you you're so close to making this dream happen that for us we had been planning for like three or four years we had been preparing for this thing for so long and then just have it the rug pull out from right underneath us was it was a lot at the time but i think the thing that like got us back into it was one just like a short process of feeling really sad and grieving the loss of time over it and then the consistent thought of like what's the other option Mm -hmm. If we give up on this thing, what's really like, what's the other life going to look like? And it's just going to be going back to the thing that we tried really hard for many years to quit in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I think our story is a little bit different in that we just, after that time, we, we did discuss this a lot. We wondered as soon as we'd quit our jobs. Should we ask for our jobs back? (laughs) Should we? Which was not an option. You know, should we talk to our bosses about this? And it was such a turbulent time. I think we we still though kept having conversations as this thing kept getting extended. Like, what should we do? Should I? Should we? You know, keep waiting, keep holding off, and and that that part was actually the hardest. And and I don't know if that's what you guys are grappling with now. You know the uncertainty of all of it, right? Like after having made such a big decision and then having it all just go, you know, poop. (laughs) And then, but like going back to our jobs or getting an apartment or, you know, finding another job is more certain than waiting, you know, for something that turned out we had to wait a long time, you know, for the world to, to, to reopen and for us to be able to get vaccinated and travel again. I don't know that there's like a right answer and how we did it, but I think a lot of it was just having conversations about about what felt right to us at the time. Mm-hmm. And for us, it didn't feel like it felt like too soon for us to be able to like go back to our jobs. And it felt like once we had already left our apartment, once we had already quit our jobs, going back didn't feel like the right option. Um, And so we just thought, okay, what's our next best option? We (laughs) we decided to whiteboard it. And that's when we decided to try camper vanning along with everybody else and their moms, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that ended up being a fun, really good option in the meantime. So maybe it's, you know, trying out trips again. I don't know if it's that you guys are afraid or worried about more disappointment in the future, like that feeling of being cursed. But I think after we had our like couple of months of like, what is happening? What did we do to our lives? And then deciding on our next big project, which was building the camper van along with your parents turned out to be the best thing for us because we had a goal every single day. And we knew that it would ultimately get us to travel. It looked different. We weren't in doing international travel, but we were going to be able to see the world. I mean, see the U.S. and see some of our family and friends. That didn't end up going to plan either. <laughs> if you watch any of our van life videos, sure was fun while it lasted. <laughs> um, but I will say that entire experience helped us definitely be more comfortable 
with change and more comfortable with things not going according to plan and just adapting. Mm. Yeah. And I think just the process of physically building something every single day really, I think, kicked us out of that kind of depressive state. It was this process of like getting past that initial feeling of feeling like it was personal or that we were like cursed. And then this act of like physically going out there and physically building a dream, even Mm -hmm. though it was a different dream than the one that we had originally wanted, made it feel like it was possible to make to make real life things happen. And one of the more tactical things I think we ended up doing was actually this book called Designing Your Life. Do you remember when we did this? Yeah. So we read this whole book cover to cover and it outlines this process of taking like your current life where you are and then drawing a map from there to your dream life, to whatever mm-hmm. whatever you want. And it's about uncovering what that big dream is that you wanted. And for us, we kind of expected, we kind of weirdly expected throughout this process that that dream life, whatever that endpoint was, was going to be different than what we thought it was. We thought like there's no way it's going to involve international travel or another 18 months or whatever. But after talking about it over and over again, all of it just pointed back to that original idea of like, quitting the job, traveling the world for a while, and then just seeing what happens, figuring out what happens after that. Exactly. And after, you know, like dozens of whiteboarding sessions and dozens of like life planning sessions and talking with friends about this and going back to it, we just realized that that initial dream was still alive, you know, (laughs) like it was still there and to give up on it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, I I am pretty I will be pretty honest about this. I'm in my 30s and I don't really like to read. And I mean it's just it's just the truth. I don't know if I used to like to read as a kid. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was like college or grad school. I just enough reading got to the point where I don't like reading anymore for that's a side conversation. <laughs> that being said, Design Your Life is one of those books that like I think changed my perspective on how I see how our lives can look. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be woo about it. I mean, we're, we're obviously very, very lucky with how things turned out over the pandemic. We, you know, we had a place to stay. We were healthy. Our friends and family were healthy. Right. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we got to live our dreams, you know, eventually. Um, and we had the resources, but the, reading that book helped me understand and and i think like in written form showed me i think we're so used to thinking that our life has to look a certain path Mm, has to follow a certain trajectory (laughs) yeah and that's what i always assumed and then i think what this what luckily the the pandemic and the quitting of the job and traveling the world that taught me that it doesn't have to look like that if you don't want it to. Yeah. Um, it can feel overwhelming, I think, to make, like you said, that huge decision to like do it all over again. But I think after reading that book, we realized that all of the the things and the decisions that we've been making in the last like 30 years of our life have been slowly, slowly growing to this path. Yeah, without us knowing, yeah. you know, but it, it was the only clear, obvious next step yeah. for us. And we we're like, okay, so that's, if that's the right choice, I think it was just this process of drawing out the whole thing and then remembering why we had that dream in the first place. Yeah. 
And then once we realize that those initial intentions that we had for this trip of like, we want to get out of this nine to five thing. We want to try to find a different life path than the one that we're currently on. We want to do it together. Most importantly, mm -hmm. that's why we've been saving up for this thing. And we're okay with not being home. And we want to see what other cool stuff the world has to offer. And we want mm -hmm. to do it on our own terms and on our own timeline and all these little things that had been like slowly growing in both of our brains for basically the entirety of the time that we've been working nine to five mm -hmm. jobs. It's little, these little problems that eventually became bigger and bigger and bigger problems that, the only right solution for it was just that one. And I think the nice thing about, and, and we're not sponsored by this book, but, and we don't, you know, we don't really have any like invested feelings in this book other than that. We really enjoyed it is yeah. that it's a very practical guide to like writing down your thoughts on this. Like they ask you questions about what your goals are, what's your current life situation, what do you want your current life situation to be in certain aspects, like in work, play, relationships. And I, I think it's one of those books that we try to revisit every season mm -hmm. because right now that I think, oh, our life doesn't have to follow this one trajectory, it can change. Why not see where we're at now? So maybe that's like a good... I mean, book aside, maybe what the solution is, is to check in with each other and say, okay, what is our current life like? Am I happy? Mm -hmm. Am I okay with this current plan? And if so, then yeah, don't, no need to change that. But if you're looking for a change, then maybe, maybe to start talking about what are some of the barriers? What are some of the reasons why it feels like such a huge decision or a huge challenge to requit your job and reinvest in this large plan. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe, maybe you're going to go through this whole process and you'll be like, uh, that's not the right thing for us now. Yeah. You know, like our priorities have changed. And maybe now the thing we want to do is build a super cool scuba diving service in South America where we hide treasure at the bottom of the ocean. And then people are like pirates, but with scuba gear and they put on the scuba gear and go to the bottom of the ocean and open our pirate treasure. That was definitely one of the things that came up for Josh's goals in his lifetime when we went through this book too. Right. Right. Maybe that'll be the thing that you uncover throughout this process. And you're like, yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even think of that idea three years ago. And now we have the financial resources to get a bunch of pirate treasure chests and sink them down to the bottom of the ocean and open up this new shop. Maybe, you know, like, it could open all these cool new doors for you that maybe you didn't even think of or like these little ideas that you've had over time. Or maybe you'll just come right back to the same place you did in February 2020 and just realize it's time to sell everything again. Let's get back on the horse. Let's fly to Thailand. Yeah. yeah it, might be, it might be that exact same yeah. thing thing. But I think without checking in, without finding where that North Star is, you're just going to be kind of like wandering around in the wilderness like we were for a very long time. I think we empathize with you because we completely understand that that it, it can feel really overwhelming to one, even go through this entire process once, right? Mm -hmm. So congratulations <laughs> on doing that. Right, you did the hardest part. Yeah, <laughs> and then have it all just like, yeah, just be taken away is really, really, really challenging, really tough and really hard to get over. I'm someone that definitely feels like I like to protect myself from disappointment. I mm. worry about worry about things not going to plan. Um, but some there's something nice about now from the other side being able to look at things and say like things change all the time. And that's like one of the things that I kind of 
feel grateful for over the pandemic and everything that's happened in the last few years, I don't think had we quit our jobs and had all of that happen, taken this one year trip that we would have started this YouTube channel, we would, we wouldn't have even, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have known the things that we really valued and appreciated until now. And I think a lot of it was having all of that, the stuff be taken away, all the plans that we could ever have be taken away made us realize, okay, what's in front of us? How do we make do with what we have? And what's really important to us? Yeah. And in that process, we got to have like the best summer ever with our parents of like building out this super cool camper van. And then that led us to becoming like kind of good at making YouTube (laughs) videos. Not really great at that time, but at least start the process and figure out how this worked, which then led us to here. And Mm -hmm. like you're saying, like none of this stuff would have happened without it. Okay, I think we've talked this subject to death. I don't know. Do you, do you got any more yeah, you want? I think that's so. I think hopefully that's helpful. What a great question! It, it's really challenging. If any of you out there have suggestions or thoughts on this or have experience in this, please chime in. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. And let us know if you have any other questions for next week's Travel Support Thursday. <laughs> All right. See we'll you see then. See you next time. Thanks.